we need to put some blinders on here. My biggest concern, Dan, was this irrational exuberance, particularly in the retail investor market, of just rushing in and realizing that so many people, when they hear the word cannabis, they think of retail, they think of CBD, they think of cultivation, they think of brands. And that's great. Those are all things that are happening in a mature or, or developing economy. For us, we need venture returns. For us, we are healthcare investors and operators historically, so it was a perfect overlap. From the PodConnect studios, high in the Rockies at the beautiful Beaver Creek Resort, it's the Raising Cannabis Capital Show. Today on MJ Bulls, we are continuing this year's Cannabis Investor Series, sponsored by 212, with the founder and CEO of Bonaventure Equity, the author of Cannabis Capital, the book, and the co-host of Cannabis Capital, the podcast, Ross O'Brien. Welcome back to the show. Thanks, Dan. Always great to be here. Well, for our listeners who haven't heard Cannabis Capital, the podcast, you start every episode with a really cool segment. And I thought, Russ, maybe you could explain to everybody what the cannabis economy challenge is and how it ties to your business. Sure. Thanks, Dan. Always great to be here on MJ Bulls. I've loved doing this over the years. The the inspiration for Cannabis Capital Podcast was to be an extension of the book, Cannabis Capital, and go into more of a long-form conversation to help invite people into the virtual rooms and the boardrooms and some of the, the more detailed, more nuanced conversations that we're having around investing in cannabis. There's a concept that I identified in the book that we call the cannabis economy. And so what that is, Dan, for people who are new to it, we look at cannabis as a global macro economy, not a specific industry. And with any global macro economy, there are subsectors and sub-industries that develop therein. And we have a specific focus to invest in healthcare in the cannabis economy. So that puts us right in that emerging industry of, of healthcare impacted by cannabis. So it's our belief that cannabis has reached the boardroom of every company in every industry, period. And so we have a challenge and anybody can take it at CannabisCapitalPodcast.com and submit something to, uh, to Maggie and I, my co-host. And the idea is, is that we have yet to find an incumbent industry or vertical that has not already seen or will have to adapt or make adjustments and be informed by cannabis legalization, right? Everything from drug testing employees to religion. We talked about that on one of the podcasts that it really reinforces that cannabis economy challenge. Yeah, it's super cool. And it really forces you to think, which is the best part about it. Another thing you do on your podcast is you've interviewed a lot of your portfolio companies. And during mm. these interviews, it's been clear to me that you have a solid rapport with these guys. And I think it has to do with the fact that you just don't provide capital. You also roll up your sleeves and provide guidance. Why is that so important? Well, thanks for that question, Dan. I think it's a great question, and it's really germane to our DNA as a firm and what I believe are the fundamentals of investing in cannabis. So there's a great quote is one of the episodes of don't confuse a bull market with brains <laughs> or don't confuse brains with a bull market, however you want to say it. it. It is clear to us that venture capital is a discipline, and it's a discipline that's developed over decades of, of experience, in, in my case and, and with our firm. I actually just wrote a blog post on this at rossobrienbc.com, Ian, 
talking about what are those core fundamentals and what they all speak to, Dan, is experience and experience matters. And there's some research that I linked to on it that there are better outcomes with VC firms that have actual operational experience in their managing partner ranks. Mm-hmm. And quite simply, we're investing in startup companies. We are operators ourselves. And I believe because this is such a high risk, high reward investment strategy, you should be investing in something that you have an intimate knowledge and experience with, right? So if you're investing in startups, you should have been around the startup world for several cycles to kind of build that muscle memory. And so our firm is very much operationally minded. We know that that from our own experiences, starting and managing early stage companies is hard. If it was easy, everybody would do it. Yeah. And there's extremely high failure rates as a result of that. We've done a lot of experience in healthcare, so it's easily translatable to our investment thesis today. And because we are operators and having been on the other side of the equation, A, we have a lot of empathy for the entrepreneurs. We talk a lot about this concept of you don't have money in the bank, but you got to make a payroll on a Friday. And we've experienced that. And a lot of our founders have experienced that, but it allows us to have more empathetic conversation and understanding about the challenges that are coming because they are coming, right? With every small early stage company, there's always going to be challenges. So for us, it was never about just spray and pray and try to get some money out there and and kind of rush into these transactions, but rather take the discipline of investing in early stage companies, translate it to this market that we believe in very strongly and apply those fundamentals and best practices. And what that means for us is that the capital is one piece of the equation. It's a rapport and it's and it's building the right relationships with the founders. And that goes two ways. We bring ourselves to the equation as well. And, and we're not the right fit for everyone, but we're not supposed to be. For the entrepreneurs that we are a right fit for, we can build really great collaborative relationships. I've got a couple of the boards that I'm on now. We have an operations team that helps with back office support. We've just kind of been through it before and we want to field a team that has some veteran experience that allows these entrepreneurs to do what they do best. And in our case, a lot of that is engineering new science, engineering new innovations, pioneering new chemistry. And if those management teams can do that better, stronger, faster, you know, that's our job, right? And and capital is only one part of that equation. Man, I'm smiling because you said... Not everybody's a good fit. And on one of your podcast episodes, you made it a point as an advice to to entrepreneurs, do your homework, look up and find out what these investors invest in and what stages they invest in. And and, I was listening to the show and I have to admit, as an entrepreneur, sometimes you put the cart in front of the horse. You don't always listen to everything. You're just moving, moving, moving. You mentioned already, you touched on it, that you focus on the healthcare sector or the biotech sector. Can you elaborate a little bit more so that less people make that mistake when they reach out to you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and look, it, it's it's on one hand, just explaining like some of the things that, that we work through on a daily basis. But on the other hand, why did I write a book? Why are we doing a podcast? I mean, we're investors, right? Those, those things are, are nice to haves, not need to haves, right? The table stakes yeah. is understanding how to do venture. It's very important for us, though, because one of our core tenets as a firm is just continual learning, dynamic thinking. There's no destination. It's always improving. And because of that, we're very committed to putting this type of information out in service of the entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. So what does that all mean as it relates to our investment thesis of healthcare, biotech, innovation, IP? I would summarize it very simply that When we looked at this space, 
and applied our specific lens to successes we've had investing in early stage companies and other sectors. The one thing that stood out was that innovation in cannabis was largely being held back by a piece of legislation. So there was just one gating item to, to going and, and, and learning about this and doing the science. Like, like uh, uh, imagine if like math was illegal for the last you know, 100 years and then all of a sudden you're like, great, we can go do math now, right? Like <laughs> it's kind of how we thought about it. When we look at what all the potential is in this treasure trove of scientific innovation that's been locked up in this illegal plant for so long, it's hard for us to talk ourselves out of just being on the very tip of the iceberg of an absolutely transformative situation for delivering healthcare and patient outcomes in our communities and in our culture. That's why you're in that sector. And, when, and so when somebody says, hey, I have this great idea, and you're like, yeah, but it's not in the area where we invest. You can't be something for everybody. And I give you guys a lot of credit because you found your spot and you're focused on it. Yeah, thanks. I mean, look, we've invested in businesses that fall out of that sort of early on. And, and our first fund is a lot of my money, capital I put in the first fund. And, and we were really trying to find the types of entrepreneurs that we were interested in. And now the, the market developed in front of us in a way that, that allowed us to take the next step. And we even tighten up the aperture of our investment thesis. But for us, we had several conversations with our limited partners and other investors early on saying, look, we need to put some blinders on here. My biggest concern, Dan, was this irrational exuberance, particularly in the retail investor market, of just rushing in and realizing that so many people, when they hear the word cannabis, they think of retail, they think of CBD, they think of cultivation, they think of brands. And that's great. Those are all things that are happening in a mature or, or developing economy. For us, we need venture returns. For us, we are healthcare investors and operators historically, so it was the perfect overlap. I understand that you're investing in your second fund. Where are you at this point? Yeah, excited to share, Dan, that we just turned the corner on the first close of our second fund. So we're now investing out of fund two. We have our first investment we're concluding out of that portfolio. And we've launched the second fund with this more refined focus. And we will continue to raise additional capital. We're going to cap the fund at, at somewhere around $50 million and ideally be making $1 to $3 million Series Seed, Series A investments in the companies that fit this healthcare transformation that's happening as a result of cannabis legalization. So there is still opportunity for people to invest. You haven't closed it yet? No, the fund isn't closed. We've closed our first commitments and we're deploying capital. But yes, for accredited investors, we're always happy to talk to people that are looking for portfolio strategies to go invest in. Look, we're a great fit for people that understand that there is entrepreneurial upside in this space, that we are venture investors, and this is differentiated from a lot of the a lot of the players out there. This is Series Seed, Series A, looking for massive valuation development in a three to five year time horizon, which fits our focus. And look, what we learned early on with our partners was this is not a space that's conducive to trying to just pick winners. And if somebody is looking to have exposure to the early stage of innovation in healthcare and cannabis, then we've got some great partners and, and obviously our portfolio strategy is going to track to that. Perfect. Well, we'll have links to Bonaventure Equity in the show notes. 
So if you're a company that's looking for growth funding in that sector, <laughs> or you're an investor that wants Bonaventure to manage your cannabis investments, just click the links in the show notes or go to podconnects.com. Ross, before we go, maybe you could recommend a good book. Obviously, Dan, you're teeing me up for my tagline, which did I tell you I wrote a book? Cannabis Capital. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. All good books are sold. Literally get to say for the first time in my life, no pride in authorship. I've had a lot of great conversations with people that have found me on social media and things that, that have had some feedback from reading the book. It seems to be doing well. So I'm very excited. It's good. And I'm glad you were able to do the show with us. Thanks for being here. Always a pleasure, Dan. I appreciate everything that you do. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, my name is Leah Babrudi, and I'm the founder and host of Canachicks Podcast, where I discuss cannabis, psychedelics, and other natural medicines. I not only interview people who use them as treatment for different conditions, but also the entrepreneurs who share their knowledge on how they built their businesses. If this sounds interesting to you, give my show a listen. I'm sure you'll learn something that'll surprise you.